This is the Venturing Angler Podcast, sponsored by Nautilus Reels. I'm Tim Harden, and in this episode, we'll be chatting with Nick and Cammy Swingle of Two-Fisted Heart Productions. Nick and Cammy have put forth a number of great fly fishing films over the last few years, uh, focusing on everything from Brotherhood in Virginia in Blood Knot to offshore pursuits out of Virginia Beach in Tidewater. Uh, in addition to numerous other destinations, uh, Nick and Cammy make great fly fishing films, uh, put forth f- phenomenal photography, and seem to always tell a great story with whatever they do. Let's chat with Nick and Cammy. So we're here now with uh, Nick and Cammy Swingle from Two Fisted Heart Productions. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us, Tim. Um, so we are uh, recording down at the Palometa Club in Ascension Bay, Mexico, which is a pretty cool place to be. And I think you've been to Mexico before, but also a number of other destinations too. Uh, where have you? Where has fly fishing ta- fly fishing taken you throughout the world? It's kind of taken us all over. We've been. We're just in Argentina for a month, and we've been to Guatemala, Hawaii, Alaska, um, Mexico a couple times, and Belize, and some other places. Awesome. Um, I've seen, I think a lot of us have benefited from seeing um, the, what's come of some of your trips. Um, so you just mentioned Guatemala. Um, there was a great video that came out about a year ago, I think, of some blue water f- fly fishing in Guatemala. Um, one of the uh, films I've seen, I think the most of yours, is the film Tidewater, um, which is very unique in a way, um, because there's blue water destinations all over the globe. Like People think Central America maybe first when they think about blue water destinations. Um, but you guys were in Virginia. How did that come about? Um, it came about through some friends of ours, uh, Art Webb and Brian and Colby Tro. We had done some work with those guys beforehand on a film called Blood Knot. But really, aside from the people, it came from a common passion of this juxtaposition of how to have something accessible, uh, backyard fishing. We all lived in Virginia and loved the state of Virginia and wanted to promote that fishery. And at the same time, something seemingly unaccessible of blue water fishing. Like you mentioned, Tim, a lot of folks think you have to travel far and wide and, and pay a lot of money to do that. Um, and so we, we wanted to do this film and show that there's something you may not know in your backyard. It might be something like catching white and blue marlin off the coast of the mid-Atlantic, um, and you can do that on a fly rod. And so it was just kind of representative of that concept. I think one of the things that came out in the film for me that was exciting, it, it sort of like takes you back to when you first start off and you're thinking about all the potential that's in your backyard or what's right there. And um, to see something so magnificent come out of literally their, like Virginia Beach, right? Um, something so close to them is, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking, what's the next big destination? But it, it, that film helped me start thinking about what's possible close to home. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, and that, that was really one of the reasons why we got into this whole film business is because we wanted to show that it wasn't just these epic grand adventures and it wasn't just for the folks that are professional guides that 
your every man and your your average girl or gal that's into fly fishing can enjoy what they have, you know, right in their backyard. So you've done a number of things with um, Brian and Colby Trowell. Um, Blood Knot was, I think, the first film. Um, and that really focused uh, on the relationship of these two brothers and, and um, how fly fishing has sort of been a part of their relationship. And there's a story there, too. Um, one outtake that I can't get enough of from that film is something that probably is going to sound unbelievable to the people that are listening to this and haven't seen it, but there, a fly gets caught in a tree branch. <laughs> and then a brown trout. How far out of the water was this branch? I mean, it was a, it was a good six to eight inches, I think, over top of the, the creek. And then this brown comes out and takes the fly off of the branch. Yeah, it was that hungry. How did you... I can't imagine how it would have been possible to even get the shot. Well, I mean, <laughs> we we were trying to get a topwater eat, so the camera was rolling, but we can take no credit for this. I mean, I think Colby's line from when we interviewed him about it is, is spot on. He says, sometimes the, the truth is stranger than fiction. And... I think in a lot of fly fishing films, you know, some of the most epic scenes aren't what was set up or staged. It's just the natural crazy stuff that happens while you're while you're rolling cameras, and sometimes you're lucky enough to get it in frame and 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 have the record button hit. I can't imagine seeing capturing anything as crazy as a trout taking a fly off of a tree branch. But have you seen? Have you had other types of experiences like that? Uh, it wasn't quite the same, Tim, but it, it was close. We just got back from Argentina. And um, we were fishing for some Golden Dorado, and we had always wanted to be able to throw a mouse pattern for Golden Dorado. Really, we wanted to throw mouse patterns as often as possible in Argentina. That was nice. part of the appeal of the whole trip. Um, but yeah, we got in a situation and made a bad cast, actually, threw it over uh, a tree branch, and oddly enough, right as the mouse hops over the branch, we have video footage of a Dorado jumping out of the water from no the mouse. Way. And it, it definitely brought back flashbacks of uh, Blood Knot. That's awesome. Are we going to get treated to seeing this? Yeah, absolutely will. I can't wait. Yeah. We need to do a side-by-side video. We should. The two. That would be fun. Oh, my gosh. And now the bar is pretty high for getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. So you were down there for, I didn't realize you were down there for a month. Yeah, we, we got to see uh, a good part of the country. We got to uh, do some Dorado fishing up in the north on the Parana River. And I uh, got to spend a couple of days as tourists in Buenos Aires. And then we headed down to Patagonia and saw Jurassic Lake and El Calafate and the Petit Moreno Glacier. And then ended our trip near Ushuaia and Tierra del Fuego. Cool. Um, what stood out to you guys the most maybe on that trip? That's probably a tough question to ask. That's a really tough question. You got this, Cameron. All right, what do you think? <laughs> the, the people were amazing. And I'll just, cool. I'll just say for me, it was our first exposure to Argentina, and um, everyone was super friendly, but just as a culture, I think it resonated with both of us. I know it resonated with my stomach. If I had to pick <laughs> one, one like culinary menu, it would be a combination of grilled meats and pizza, and that's basically Argentinian food right there, nice. and so I loved it. Every meal was delicious. The food was really good. The fishing was phenomenal also, but... The food was delicious. What was some of the fishing that stood out the most? 
Um, we I really loved the Dorado fishing, just the numbers of, of eats that you'd have and the topwater action. It was phenomenal to to be able to see everything and be able to throw um, poppers and I don't know it was, it was it was really cool. That's very cool. And were you able to sight fish for them at all or? Well, for the Dorado, um, the water was off color for the most part, but we had visual sensations in other ways. So like there, we saw Dorado hunting and Savalo being popped into the air or, you know, nervous water. And, um, there was enough sights and sounds that it, it felt like it was kind of a proxy or a substitute for what you'd normally get in a visual hunting situation. So cool. we still had a lot of those same experiences. And they destroy flies, huh? They're very aggressive. Yeah. How long did would a fly last with a golden dorado? We had some well-tied flies, so they, nice. they hung in there. But the other thing I'd say is some of the poppers, there was no fur or feather left. It was really just like wow. a double-barreled seducer head, and it was just making noise, and it was foam on a hook, and we were still getting eats. It was pretty impressive. Cool. Um, and was this a mothership trip? It was. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so what was that like? I've done, I did a mothership trip once, and it's like the most incredible immersion in an ecosystem and so I imagine it would be similar it is I think you get immersed a lot with the people and the culture and the fishing it's all right there and the nice thing about the mothership is the mothership can move from day to day to different locations and so you're never you don't ever have to fish the same water you can always fish to new fish and so that's really really neat um, but I, I loved it you talk about immersion. You, you go to bed and you wake up with all the sights and sounds. Nice. And and you get to see aspects of the environment that you wouldn't see otherwise. So after a certain part at night, there's a mayfly hatch that you wouldn't have saw otherwise. And there's catfish feeding on top of all the mayflies that come down in the current. And so there's just aspects of it where if you weren't there 24 hours a day, you just, you'd miss out on some of those little nuances. Cool. And you get to see how an ecosystem is supposed to function in its whole sense, like every part of it coming together. That's cool. You went to Jurassic Lake, huh? We, we did. We did. <laughs> the, rum- the rumors are true. It, it lives up to its name. Um, so that sounds like every bit of a freak show. Um, how, how would you describe Jurassic Lake? It's extreme. It's an extreme environment. It's very harsh. You've got this like calcified rock that will slice your hand like coral and then you have really harsh Patagonian winds and there's no trees to block it and then you have these just gargantuan trout that it all is some form of hyperbole really and it's all happening at once in a way that makes for a really unique experience cool did you see some big trout we caught some big trout nice (laughs) nice um what were those trout like big just big girthy fat they were I, I mean there was one I literally could not even pick it up out of the water. That's <laughs> I couldn't awesome. get a grip on it enough to to pick it up and pick it pick it out of the water for a photo. So I've never had an experience like that before with a trout, so that was pretty neat. You might know this, Tim, but there's there's actually two strains. There's a strain of steelhead that are in there and then there's a strain of rainbow trout from the Cloud River in California. That's what it was stocked with originally in the eighties or nineties. So the two strains um, are noticeable not only when you land a fish, but you actually recognize it when you fight it. They'll fight differently. One will fight like a steelhead, 
another will fight like a rainbow trout. And so, as Cami mentioned, I mean, we saw some really large trout. We hooked some really large trout. Um, but it made it kind of fun. It, it added some variety. Cool. Um, and so I didn't actually did not... I, I think I'd heard that some McLeod trout made their way down there. Um, but I didn't know about steelhead being part of that, too. Okay, so we have some... Uh, Questions now from Paula Shearer. Um, how did you get the name Two-Fisted Heart Productions? That's a good question. All right, I feel that one. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were actually inspired, Tim, by um, a sermon from a church that we were attending at the time. But, I mean, ultimately it kind of boils down to us. Uh, we started the production company when we both had full-time jobs otherwise. And so this, this started as a passion project of sorts where we felt like we wanted a part of our life to be more than just about us and about whatever we wanted or desired and trying to have a larger impact on the world around us in whatever small circle that, that kind of took its shape. And so um, the size, the physical size of a human heart is one fist. And so for us, two-fisted heart means trying to live with a bigger heart and living beyond just your physical capacity into the choices and the character that you have, the choices that you make and, and the actions you can take to have an impact on the, the people around you. That's hopefully, great. Hopefully in a positive way. Yeah. Um, how did your company start? How did it start? Out of a dream, I think, of Nick wanting to do video work and saying we could do that. And so we picked up some cameras and started and did it. Well, Cami had the training. She's really the the camera operator with any skill and I had some of the drive to kind of put it together but it's it's kind of like probably Tim when you learned to write when you were in grade school they always told you pick a subject pick a subject that you know well so you can learn the skills of writing and so for us as we learned video and filmmaking we picked fly fishing as a subject we kind of knew and were passionate about in order to cultivate the skills of, of video and film work. Was there a turning point in your lives um, that brought you to where you are now professionally? It's actually a great question. So we, we this, is, this is a bit of a teaser, Tim, but we've got a film in the works that we hope to shoot this next August. Um, it's going to involve some of our friends and some other folks in the industry, uh, but it's really trying to get at this question. And for us, the outdoors have, has played a pivotal role in our transition, both professionally and in our personal life. Um, we made this massive move from Washington, D.C. and office jobs into more full-time entrepreneurship and what we're doing now and living in a small town in Colorado. And at the heart of that really was a desire to be in a place where the outdoors were more accessible. And so for us, outdoors, adventure, activity, all of those things have been at the center of this transition. Um, what do each of you bring differently? Uh, what 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 do you each bring to Two-Fisted Heart Productions? <laughs> this feels like a marriage question. <laughs> All right, I'm going to answer for Cammie, then you can answer for me. Okay. So, so Cammie, Cammie's got a great creative eye, and she's really skilled when the camera's in her hand. Um, so pretty much any great shot, above average shot, that we've gotten in our <laughs> films over the last five years has been Cammie. Um, and she's really fantastic with uh, color grading and some of the finer details and nuances of the post-production. Um, so when it comes to making something look good, Cammie's usually the brain and the creative spirit behind it. Cool. And then when it comes to telling a story, Nick is the creative brain behind that. 
Nick sees the whole picture. He's able to connect all the dots and knows the right questions to ask and how how to plan for a shoot and um, all the logistics. And you know, Nick thinks about thinks through everything and every aspect. I would have to say I have taken pleasure in purchasing your films because all of that comes to life so well in the work that you do. Um, Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> um, what's next for Two-Fisted Heart? It's a good question. <laughs> so I mentioned we, we've got some films in the works, kind of um, the one the one film with kind of outdoor and life transition at the, the heart of it. Um, I hope we will shoot that the, towards the end of this summer, beginning of the fall of 2017. We've got a film that we've been working on. Um, some of you know it. Some of you actually supported it through Kickstarter. Um, it's called Mend, and that should be released this year. We just submitted it to some of the film festivals um, that are out there, so we're kind of fingers crossed to, to see how it's going to be received. But uh, there's a great story behind it. A teenager from Pennsylvania that got in a horrific car accident, and fly fishing really helped him um, regain his life in a, in a totally new way. And so we're excited to put that story out there. It's something that we've known about, and it's been close to us, for the last few years and we're just now able to share that with everybody so a few projects that I guess have been done and we're now getting to share um, some of the Argentina film work that we did that we talked about with you Tim that we're excited to show and, and share with folks and then a couple of new passion projects projects that we have in the works as well that's great and I imagine that because your work combines your passion as well of fly fishing that you get to have all sorts of enthusiasm and uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but you, you can get excited about doing work all over the world with stories you care about, places that you want to go to. Um, sort of the, the whole world is out there, I guess, to explore that. Yeah, the, the locations and the people that we meet are really inspiring, and that definitely gets us going and, and triggers some ideas. And then the, the stories that we encounter are what seems to, to last and, and stand the test of time. So we're always on the lookout for more of those, and, and hopefully we've done justice to a few of them along the way. That's great. And what would you say, this is a tough question, but um, a great question, I think. What does fishing mean to you? Hmm. Probably means something different to each of us. I just asked you this the other day. <laughs> I'm interested to hear Cammie's response. <laughs> Um, to me, it's a way to connect with others and a way to draw closer with my husband and friends and also with the outdoors. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, man, fishing's evolved for me. So I grew up fishing and I've been fly fishing for over 20 years now, um, and I think it started out as a way to connect with my dad. And it was really how he and I had a relationship through all those teenage years um, that we all you know, think our parents are stupid and, and those kind of stereotypes. And then it's evolved. It became kind of my individual time alone and time to reflect and time to get away throughout college and, and my 20s. And I think in my 30s now, like Cami, it's really become more of a, a social activity. It's been more about a community 
and whether that means connecting with a different culture if we're traveling or if it's a way to make new friends when we move to a town in Colorado, it's, it's brought this whole new social element uh, to my life that I really am thankful for. So because your work is a passion, but it's also something that's personal that you put your heart into, um, what do you hope people take away from the films and the work that you do? Um, yeah, so Tim, I think your question gets at the, there's this inherent vulnerability, I think, in good filmmaking or good storytelling where, where hopefully the filmmakers, and I think Cammie and I hope that we've connected in a way to the story that it comes through in our films. And so I think probably first and foremost, that's what we want people to take away is to appreciate, um, it's not just a stoke piece. It's not just, um, a fly fishing piece. It's that there's actual people and characters and stories behind it. And I mean, admittedly, you know, there's, there's some of our work that does that better than others. Um, but I think that's what our goal is and that's what we try to strive for. And we've poured a lot of blood, sweat and tears in, into these projects to, to make that come to fruition to the best of our ability. Um, and I think next to that, you know, we're a fan. We watch a lot of what the other people are doing in the industry, whether it's fly fishing specific or not. We throw an Oscar party every year because we like movies. And nice. we go to the fly fishing film tour because, you know, we love what R.A. or Yako or any of the other guys or, or, or girls are putting out there. And so, um, you know, we get excited when we see a, a killer clip come out on social media just like anyone else. And um, we're just happy to be a part of that. That's great. Uh, well, to check out more from Nick and Cammie Swingle and Two-Fisted Hard Productions, uh, go over to twofistedhardproductions.com or on Instagram at Two-Fisted Heart. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.